Welcome back to the Practically Pastoring Podcast. My name is Frank, and I'm glad that you are here. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to grow as a pastor, how to have a consistent personal devotional time as a pastor, as well as how to find a job in a world where it's hard to find good, meaningful ministry jobs. I am up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My name is Frank, and over in Baltimore, Maryland, we got Jeff Simpson. Hey, hey. Down in Sumter, South Carolina, we got Dumar Pete. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> and together in the morning after Ministry Studios, we have Andrew Larson. Greetings, salutations, one and all. And Timothy Theodore Bartholomew Miller. Hey, uh, we have a good question for you guys from Tanner and Robert. Tanner and Robert. Tanner Pillow asked the question, how to build a consistent personal devotional time. And Robert asked a similar question, what's your favorite thing to do to grow as a pastor? I think this is really quick. I want to hear from each of you guys. Just, you know, we've heard this since Bible college. Since we first got into ministry. Reading your Bible for a sermon is not the same as personal devotion. Okay, I get that. So how do you do the devotion? What are you doing to grow in your faith? I would love to hear from you guys. Let's go. Uh, not buying it. I think reading the Bible to study for your sermons can be a devotional. That's what I think. So, you know. Me too. Yeah. You can uh, actually, like, pray and commune yeah. with the Lord as you're studying the Word to share with His people. You don't have to have two different things. It's okay. But what about all the guilt, man? But you also, <laughs> oh, just just don't just get rid of it. Don't worry about it. I know, right? Um, the other thing for me— on a serious note, though, is like trying to cons- – I will I will read books 60% of the way through and kind of like fall off of finishing a book. Um, so trying to consistently read books in the like spiritual pastor world or um, theological books is really good for me. Uh, so I, you know, I just kind of have a set of authors um, uh, that I follow on Amazon, and anytime they release a book or, you know, Amazon will show you other books that they – uh, are like re- related books. So I try to be reading something all the time um, or listening to audiobooks all the time. That really helps me. Um, and so uh, for me, it's just a matter of the discipline of being consistent with it, which is really hard for me. So I have to really try and like put time on my calendar for reading because what I will do if I don't have any discipline, I will do good things, but I won't do the things that actually make me better at my calling, um, if that makes sense. I will do things that are relaxing. I will uh, do good, wonderful things, spend time with my family, all that, um, but hobbies, all that stuff. But in order to actually like grow in my role, I have to like discipline myself to read. And when I do, I like it. And so that's helpful. Um, so another blessing for me is that I live close to a really cool seminary that I get to go to a little bit. And so if you live somewhere where there's like a Bible college or a seminary, go to their library and just like pick a book that you didn't even know existed uh, and read it. If it's interesting to you, that's another helpful way that I've found to grow. I was challenged by a professor in seminary at the tail end of 2019 to, to read my Bible cover to cover every year for the rest of my life. He said he was challenged by his seminary professor and nothing uh, caused him to grow in his relationship with the Lord quite like that challenge. And I would agree. So since 2020, I've been reading my Bible cover to cover every year. 
uh, challenged my church to do so as well. Found a good reading plan that we can do together. So we have people doing it together. It's it's a good accountability for me. Uh, we do a spiritual checkup at staff meeting every week where we ask, hey, have you been in the word this week? If not, how can we pray for you to help you get back into the word? So knowing that I'm going to have a spiritual checkup in a couple of days with my staff is also a, a form of accountability for me to be in the word every day. So I, I know that's pretty cliche, but I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in reading the Bible every single year, if, if at all possible. Uh, also, I think this goes hand in hand. I, I would say the spiritual and, and the physical component go together. So I, I don't do a workout or lift a weight until I finished my Bible reading. And, and I, I get pretty excited about doing a workout. So it's, it's kind of like a reward for getting my, my spiritual time in to do the physical time as well. And I, I, I've, I've enjoyed that kind of morning routine. doesn't happen every single day, but I would say, you know, five, six days a week is pretty consistent for me. I also think the idea of the reward and you know, accountability is great. But for, for me, I kind of I'm, – I'm a child and I need a little treat, um, whether it be a snacky snack or whatever it may be. Uh, and so there have been seasons of my life where I was like, hey, um, I'm going to sit at Starbucks and drink a latte while I read my Bible this week so that I – you know, and, and that I don't – that sounds like I don't want to read my Bible. But sometimes it's the the end of a busy season or whatever it might be. And instead, sometimes you need the carrot and sometimes you need the stick. And I find myself way more motivated by the carrot than the stick. And like Tim said, it's a, it's a discipline thing. So if you can use whatever bubble chart or whatever it is to track getting out of debt or to track whatever else you want to discipline yourself into doing, you can use it to track spiritual health. And hey, once I have done my devotions this many days out of the month, then I'm going to go, you know, get this lunch or, or do whatever. I I find that when I give myself rewards for doing the things that I'm supposed to do, whether it fits doing laundry or, you know, or turning things in on time when I was a student, re rewards are a good motivator for me. Honestly, and a crown and glory. <laughs> to tuck a couple of y'all's things in, <laughs> I think like Tim, what you were saying about, um, putting, putting something you love in front of it. You know, I think that's great. Or also if there's a way you can do it at the same time, I think that's, that's also great for, for me. Uh, one of the things that's helpful is, is I have a routine. You just have a route. Like I know I'm going to drink this coffee and sit in this place and I'm going to be in the word here. And for me, I think that's helpful. Seasons change in our life. So one of the worst things we do, or I do is I'll get a routine and then my season will change and I can't do the routine anymore and I feel guilty. To which I would say, marry your devotion life, but date your routine. You know, like marry, like I'm going to have a devotion life. It's going to happen. But like, yo, me and this routine, yep. we got to break up. I got to find a new routine. If not, you'll just get guilty over and over and over again. And um, one of the things that I can't remember if it was one of these pastor conferences we went to, but uh, one of these speakers said that, you know, the whole idea of a devotion or a quiet time is is really within the last 150, 200 years to do it like I'm going to sit down with this translation and do this. I do think it's beneficial. Christ modeled prayer life. Um, but we this is kind of a newer thing that you feel like you have to do it a certain way. So I would also say give yourself freedom, like give yourself freedom in your relationship with Christ. I know one thing 
that that I did one time, and it, it messed me up for a while, but it really helped. There was like a, a couple months where I never said amen at the end of my prayer, unless it was like in church, because you know people need that prompt. But like in my personal life, I never said amen, and it was kind of neat because it was like I was actually in prayer all day long. And it, it was wild through that season. I realized when something good would happen, I'd just be like, thanks, God. And that kind of stuff stuck with me. Like things will happen and all of a sudden, boom, it's just like it's a gratitude thing that comes out. I can't remember who told me that. But, yeah, I just I quit saying amen for a while. And it kind of reformatted what it looked like for me to grow with God and to be in community with him. I would um, uh, not diminish um, like books like I got this book called Sunday by Paul David Tripp. And so every Sunday when I come in my office, before I start my day, um, you know, getting the church ready and open, I read his devotional. I think there's this idea that like a devotional or like some kind of study like that is like beneath a pastor. Like we should be able to just open God's word and like soak in its truths. But like I have found myself that the older I get, the more I desire like a liturgy for my life. And so, like, if I can, like, you know, be given a read this passage, read this ancient quote, read this, I find that to be more um, constructive to my soul than me just simply um, opening John and just slowly reading through that. I agree with Tim. There's something really powerful about reading the Bible cover to cover. And um, and if you do decide to do that, I'm sure Tim encourages his church to do that because he does this with his church, is get a translation that you'll actually read. So, like, when I'm doing a Bible a Bible cover to cover, I'll do, like, the NLT. And, like, I am a big ESV guy. Like, I, I preach from the ESV, but, like, the NLT is what I do for my personal devotion because I'm not here trying to exegete a passage. I'm here to, like, water my soul. And so uh, – so <laughs> Obviously I, with that translation. Nice. Um <laughs> Um, but, uh, joke of the day but, goes to Jeff. Way to go, buddy. Yeah. 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 I will say like, um, um, you know, I, like, I think if you can maybe read a couple books about like growing in, in faith, like, uh, like I've been on this, I mean, I think he's like the new popular guy, but Comer has a lot, has written a lot about this topic about like spiritual habits, spiritual practices. He just came out with a new book. I think like maybe reading about that can get you the mindset of like, maybe I've been locked into a structure of what spiritual growth means or Bible study means that is actually not like wired to who I am or even like helpful or productive. And so, well, what's interesting is we, in our stream of Christianity, we're locked into a structure that's not written down. And mm. like, we, we don't even Agreed. understand that there's a whole world of Christian spirituality where things are, you know, written down in liturgies. And, yeah. and, you know, daily da daily prayer offices and all that stuff, which reading some of the authors like Comer or you can read Willard or you can read, they will unlock some of that for you. So, so I would just say, like, maybe another thing is to go outside of your stream of Christianity and look for how do people in a different denomination or maybe even a like maybe even go Roman Catholic or maybe even go Orthodox, uh, chew the meat, spit out the bones. But how are they? forming doing spiritual formation you might find some gems there yeah one thing that and, i've been doing fairly right. recently is and I'm, we're, we're lagging a little bit so if you start talking i i didn't hear it i'm sorry the number of seminaries offering free online classes right now 
they're they're popping up everywhere. I'm doing one on evangelism through uh, through Dallas right now. I've got a good friend that just did a class through Denver Seminary, and for me, a couple times a year, like I go back to, oh man, I was so you know walking so close with God when I was in seminary when I was in Bible college that an academic type of class is a good reset for me a couple times a year, and they they're so available right now to so many people. And as pastors, I think we have people that are so eager to be growing and to be able to say, hey, I just did this class. I, I recommend it, I think is a great tool for us to have in our belt as a pastor. But also it's great for sharpening some of our personal intellectual and academic tools, and they're free. So jump in and sign up and take a class. Yeah, I, I think it's important to never not be in the learning mode in the role that we have. Like you, you know, you said sharpen, like we always have to be in the process of being sharpened. And for me, that happens by reading books that are like outside of what I would normally read. That's good. I, um, uh, I, I do think that you will only grow contingent to the community you keep. And so if you are surrounding yourself with people who are like indifferent about growing or you're like trying to white knuckle this un- alone, it's going to be more difficult. And so it doesn't mean like all your best friends has to be like these deep thinkers that want to like do Bible studies together. But like, I actually find myself really inspired by like podcasts I listen to that make me want to like uh, go deeper and study more and stuff like that. So if I listen to a lot of like garbage, you know, podcasts that like aren't challenging my soul and are not inspiring me to go deeper in my word, I'm not going to. Right. So, um, you know, like one podcast I listen to often that it, it does that for me is um, Southside Rabbi. Uh, listen to KB Amin, like cause me, like I, it's inspired me to read different books and things like that. And then, like, I would encourage you. Oh man, what's the name of the app? So it used to be called Scribd, but there's an app called Everand, E V E R A N D. And so what Everand is, it's a monthly subscription. It's like I think eleven dollars a month, ten dollars a month, and in that you have access to like a bunch of ebooks and audiobooks. Like so stuff that would be on Audible that you would pay like $12 a month for one book, you have unlimited access to all the books at one time or ebooks like that. And I've been using that. I started in Bible college to say I sorry, in seminary to save money on books and now I just kept it cuz for $11 a month I now have access to all these audiobooks. Not every book is on there, but a lot of books are. And so now I like intake a lot of books that way uh, to keep learning and growing. And so, I mean, I just posted this a couple of weeks ago, like all the books I read in 2023, all I would say 90% of those books were from that app and like Crossway books when Thomas, any publisher that's pretty big, is probably going to be on there. Um, newer books are probably going to have stuff to go on Amazon. So what, yeah, what's the, the name of the app? You kind of cut out for me. Sorry. Ever and E V E R A N D. It used to be cool. called Scribd. But it's called Everand, um, and it's not like a Christian app. It's just like it's just a book app. But like, um, you know, uh, there is also uh, uh, one of you talked about this about going to a library. Um, was that you, Jeff? Yeah. Uh, if you have a public library, like uh, in your city, which you should, uh, you get a, a library card and you can get, download the app Libby, and now you have access to like audio books. Yeah, so you, it's like free audiobooks. and a lot of books. That are like you want to read her on there. So, um, so some seminaries will let you, even if you're not a student, have the ebook version of their library card too. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I love it. Don't stop being a learner. Like keep learning and and th- like I would say I don't read a lot of fiction. Fiction's mm-hmm. good for you, but I would say majority of the books I'm reading are co- are stretching me and causing me to grow. And try to read books that aren't just like your current problems, right? Like I'm currently reading a book about like assimilation and new guests. That's great because that's an issue I have right now. But like I'm now reading a book uh uh called um uh it's a it's a pretty new book it's about like being a oh uh like reasons to stay or why i stayed and it's about a person who's in ministry and like choosing to stay even though she has every reason to like leave ministry because of church hurt and stuff like that and so just trying to grow and stretch myself even if if it's not like a current need hey i have another question i want to ask everybody but before we do that uh tim can you talk about what we're doing with a friend uh and having a conference in central florida what's happening and how can I? How can we give out a free ticket? We are so excited about this one. We've got a really fun conference coming up. It is at the tail end of February. Uh, pulling up the exact dates for you now. We're actually going to be giving away a spot to the Youth Leader Summit. It's coming up on February the twenty sixth, seventh, and eighth. And the best part is, is it's down here in sunny FLA. So if you're if you're freezing your buns off and you need to warm up, you need to frost out, defrost, I suppose. Uh, come on down to Florida, Leesburg, Lake Yale Conference Center, Youth Leader Summit. They've got Duffy Robbins, and if you don't know Duffy and you are a youth worker, you're missing out. He is a youth ministry guru, uh, taking a ton of breakout sessions from Duffy at the conferences, youth youth pastor conferences over the years. Uh, for your comedic pleasure, the, our boys at Sunday Cool are going to be there. They never, ever disappoint. Cool Carl, Andy's going to be there. And then I, I believe Jeff Owen from 10th Avenue North is going to be leading worship. So this is the Youth Leader Summit. Uh, we're we're going to be doing a little giveaway here. So we're going to need you to leave us a review. Uh, let us know that you are interested in not just going to the the conference, but you're going to leave us a five-star review because you want to win a free spot to this conference. So Youth Leader Summit coming up February 26th through 28th. That is awesome. Hey, the next question we have is from Robert McLaughlin. And Robert asks, what is the best way to search for ministry jobs, specifically in youth ministry? So what's the best way to find a youth ministry job? Okay, I'll take it. I think uh, one of the things I would encourage is contact your contacts. If you are if you are genuinely seeking a uh, ministry position, hopefully you know people in your sphere. Maybe you don't, but hopefully you know some professors. That's how I started in ministry. Uh, the local denom- uh, Southern Baptist Convention sent their de- denominational representative to CSU to take us out to lunch. And uh, everybody else just went to lunch, and I went there with a resume. And I said, hey, man, can I borrow five minutes of your time? I'm about to graduate. I'd really love to talk to you. That guy is the one who gave my resume to the church I started out in. Um, Where I'm at now literally became through a contact I had. And contact the contacts who you respect, um, who you know are reputable, and you never know, they may know someone. I've been able to point people in directions to other people who finally connected them to a ministry position. I think it's important to know right now, student ministry across the board, um, there's a it's there's a lot of vacancies, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's, it's hard to find student pastors. So I would also be wary. Now, this may go against some of y'all's better judgment. I'd be wary 
immediately just drop in your resume on a big resume dump because you're going to get calls from people that are nothing like you. Um, if you have a denominational affiliation or a, a theological affiliation, I would encourage you to put your resume on something affiliated with that, mainly because that's future proof in your own ministry. So you don't find yourself in conflict. Um, but, but also just to kind of go back to that, if you are in a denomination or you're, you have a local, you know, gathering, reach out to the people who are in charge there. They know the churches that are open. And here's the cool thing. A lot of them have personal relationships with these churches. And if they get to know you, they know the church. They're the ones who can be like, man, this is a really good fit. So I would encourage that. And I would also discourage just jumping in a Facebook group saying, Hey guys, I need a job. Here's my resume with a cool headshot. And here, cause sometimes depending on how you do it, I think we've all admitted sometimes that comes across quite needy and that actually turns me off from wanting to talk to someone about a ministry position. Yeah. I was going to say, I would agree with the um, denominational thing, but one aspect maybe to think about if you're not in a denomination or even if you're in a more uh, big tent denomination, like I am, uh, maybe look at um, go read denominational like websites and their statements of faith and stuff and figure out what are maybe three or four denominations that I would actually fit in uh, and then figure out how they're structured. So in my denomination, we have a national office and we have district superintendents uh, who oversee geographical districts. And what I learned when I was searching for uh, the job I have now um, was that the national office's job board is not always perfectly up to date. And so, yes, you can use it and it's good, but uh, making phone calls to district superintendents, specifically talking about what you want to bring to the table and what kind of church you're looking for can be much more effective because a lot of times district superintendents, like in my denomination, they know that uh, of churches that maybe haven't posted on the national job board yet, but are looking because um, some churches don't do that. So there are job boards, you know, there's church staffing and all those places, which are good. But there are a lot of churches who are not going to post something like that. They're just going to form a search committee. They might go through, like Dell said, a school uh, or a denominational channel. So, um, you know, you got to do some of the legwork to figure out who is in charge of this region and this denomination. And then maybe reach out to that office and just say, hey, I'm a youth pastor candidate. Here's I'd love to send you my resume. I'd love to talk to you because in my denomination, the district superintendent is the first like gatekeeper of resumes that make it through to churches that are doing searches. Um, if you're looking non-denominational, it's kind of the wild west, as far as I can tell, because um, there isn't always going to be a real strong theological or missional like identity that you can say. I know if I go to the Christian Missionary Alliance, this is most likely the kind of church I'm going to end up in. And I'm good with that, because like what Dell said, what you don't want to do is find a job out of desperation and then move your family across the country and five years later go, uh oh, I no longer align with this. Uh, that's probably worst case scenario um, as far as I'm concerned. If you are looking to serve in student ministry and you are not already serving in student ministry, step one is find a church, plug in and start serving. Yep. It is I, – I would not hire someone who is not actively serving. And now – so that's step one. If you're a 21-year-old college junior or you're a 32-year-old who has recently left a church, that's fine get involved at a church and plug in and be serving somewhere once you are actively looking. And then whether you're employed at a church or not, 
call someone like chemistry staffing. We have a great relationship with Matt Steen, but I've also worked with the, the Vanderblumen people in the past and a slingshot group is another one. I think we're all kind of partial to chemistry staffing with Matt Steen, but what those organizations do is great. They work for the churches. The churches are the ones that pay them. The advice that I would have with going with them is do not see a job on church staffing or wherever they have posted something and apply for a specific job, but rather send them your resume. The way that those companies work is if you apply for a job, your resume is locked into that specific job that you have applied for, and it is not until that church has either said pass or let's move to the next round with that person that your resume can be released to a different job. So if you see three or four jobs that you like at, you know, pick the search company. Again, we're partial to chemistry, but if you see a couple of jobs that you like, give them your resume and say, hey, here's my resume. I saw some jobs I like, and you can mention the churches that you're interested in, but make sure that you send your resume to them directly and that you set up a contact with them directly, not just that you apply to a job that they're representing because you want that resume sent to multiple jobs that they're representing, not just the one. Yeah. And with, with, uh, with like chemistry staffing, what's really great is like, you are now like have someone kind of in your corner helping you walk through this process where like if you're just got like cold calling on church staffing, you're now at the subject of like every church's different kind of ways of hiring. Um, and, you know, like I know chemistry staffing actually has like a built in relationship with Converge, which is our denomination. So like we have Converge representatives within uh, chemistry staffing to, to specifically help you get jobs at other Converge churches. I think different denominations either have their own kind of like process in that. But I would encourage you plug in with like a Matt Steen at chemistry staffing and uh, and it will help you have less headaches because I've done the route of going out to church staffing, updating every day, looking at different jobs, trying to, you know, see clues on their website. If this church is like even a good job for me, good fit for me, where chemistry staffing will straight up say this isn't going to be a good fit. Actually, you applied to this job, but we have another job coming in that I think you'd be better at and like even tell you um, what, what, before I got hired at this church, I was with another organization that was trying to get me a job in Seattle and I didn't get the job. And they walked through with me all the ways I messed up in the interview or what I said that kind of deterred them. And that was such helpful information that I was able to like learn from and become a better interviewer and clean up my resume and things like that. So um, this is, this is a, a good question. Uh, also, if you like want resume help and things like that, don't hesitate to like join our Facebook and like say, Hey, I could someone look at my resume. I would love some advice, that kind of stuff and, and see how we as a group can help each other. All right. Hey, we, this is another great episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully you're in a place that's warm. I know I'll be in a place that's warm soon, but I hope you are staying nice and bubbly. relatively speaking. <laughs> Relatively speaking, that's true. Um, I'm in. Uh, my name is Frank. Hey, Frank. Hi. Oh. I'm Jeff Simpson. <laughs> I'm Delmar Pete. What are we doing? We're trying to close Hello. this out. My name is Andrew. <laughs> wow. And I'm Timothy Miller. This is the professional Pipe Pastoring Podcast. We are glad you're here. We'll see you next week. Bye. See ya. <laughs>